Phil Linus' uncle is 74-year-old Peter Linus. Not Linus, Linus. He and Phil grew up together, brothers really, more so than nephew and uncle. We caught up and we chatted about the old days. We grew up together. We, we were basically, I know he's, he's my nephew, but we grew up basically like brothers. Uh, we shared the same bedroom, the same bed. Uh, you know, that, that's, that was it. And like it was a two... Uh, a two-bedroom house in 85 Leglin Road there in Crumlin. And, uh, yeah, that's where, that's how we grew up. And uh, and I brought him to his first day at school. <laughs> and, by God, I'll never forget it. All the young lads <laughs> in the yard there, we walked in and they said, Jesus, who's the black lad? Actually started calling him Blackie. Yeah, Blackie. Yeah. <laughs> it was unbelievable. And, of course, I, I got pretty annoyed about it and so did he and he used then he started calling them snowballs <laughs> <laughs> it was just so strange there was no I don't think there was any real harm meant to this so it wasn't racism you know what I mean no it was just today. purely different skin colour I absolutely know what you mean by that but yeah, then when yeah. you fast forward, Peter, right, and you think about the stamps, the statue, the coins, and now this show that's happening tomorrow in Collins Barracks with the RTE Concert yeah. Orchestra representing Thin Lizzy, representing Phil. Like, d- does it not honestly leave you speechless when, when you think of him in those gi- childhood days? Well, he, he was a very shy man and also humble. And uh, he he would have said to me, well, Ski, that's what he used to call me, Ski. He'd say, well, Ski, what do you think? You never keep a crumbling man down. And that's what he would have said. You know, very young, we didn't, of course, we didn't realise how talented he was going to be. Like, he was an avid reader of comics. And we used to, we used to collect comics and swap them on the road. And he loved uh, Desperate, oh, not Desperate Dan. Dennis the Menace. Dennis the Menace. Yeah. And he even called his uh, German Shepherd Nasher. <laughs> like, I think, uh, I think Dennis had a dog called Nasher. But also, uh, Marty, he, he did a comic book strip himself. And I wish to God I had my hands on it now. Uh, and I remember going, reading it, reading the whole thing. He had it done like a comic. Yeah. But, um, and it was in the copy book that was cut about three times and he put them all together. And uh, if I had my hand cut, that would oh, be worth a few, Bob. I don't know what happened to it. Yeah, you would love it, yeah. wouldn't you? He was a very good reader of, uh, you know, he read books and that type of thing. But there was, my brother, Tiddy, he introduced us to music uh, he, Timmy, like, he, he's a second father uh, to me and uh, a really good uncle to, to Philip. And when Daddy died, he, we were only, Philip was only 14, I was only 15. And he took my father's place as, and he really looked after us. And he, he used to buy all these records and of the mamas and papas. And he used to buy blues records, Mo Allison. Uh, muddy waters and all that thing 
and then Philip Philip used to steal them and never bring them back. <laughs> <laughs> and he was an awful man too. He was a character we used to go to a dad's called Father Brown's and we'd be on the way home and I'd say, Philip, come on, hurry up. I said, because my father at that time, he, he, he was very strict and I'd say, Philip, look, you know, if we're not home in time, you won't be let go next week. Yeah. I don't care, he says, I don't care. And he used to do things like that. He'd stay out late at night and the mother would be very worried about him. So that was the basis of dancing in the moonlight, wasn't it? You know, if I, oh, I, I, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that was it, you know. When did you, you know? realise, Peter, that he was going to be a megastar? I think I, I, um, I actually wrote a poem about him. And part of the poem says, in the music game, I didn't know if you go far. And then I heard whiskey in the jar. Yeah. And that's when it, it really got to me. When I heard that, and I mean, lots of the boys, you know, the groups around, they say, oh, James, Phil, what are you doing whiskey in the bar? What are you doing? But by God, what a, what, I think it's a brilliant tune still. You know, I, I really do. It was and an arrival, intro, wasn't it? It was an arrival. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, it was. It, it's, that's where I think it all started. Can you and, imagine uh, him at 73 years of age? No. And I tell you a very simple reason. Uh, near, near to his death, about a year before his death, I used to go to England on business and we'd have a few points and we'd be talking about it. And he said, Peter, you know, people think I'm a has-been. And I said, Christ, Phil, no, no, you're not. He also said to me, I'm very disappointed that I wasn't asked to play in Live Aid. Mm. And I don't know why he wasn't asked, but he wasn't asked anyway. And then about, I was with him about a month before he uh, passed in. It was uh, early December. That's in the the, the poem I wrote as well. Early December, we talked for a while. I thought you had the blues. He said, no, you felt fine. Things like tinfoil lying around. Oh, God. And things like that. And I just said to myself, uh, this is not right. Mm. And I said to him, Philip, I said, why? why? Where is this going on? And he just said to me, Peter, I think you should go to bed. He didn't and let's want forget about what was said. Yeah. And that was it, you know. He didn't want to and know. And that was the last time. The next time I heard about it was the 4th of January. He was having a pint. I got a phone call to hear that he'd passed away. I'm still in 